morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. If You Market is brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Joran Korthout. I hope I got your name right there, Joran, of uh, SalesFlare about CRM misuse, or I guess the, the larger description of the topic would be why CRMs go unused and, and uh, why it matters to, to marketing. Uh, Joran is the co-founder and CEO of SalesFlare. That's a Belgium CRM company built for simplicity. Uh, Joran, thanks for coming on today. And have I ruined your name already? Uh, a bit, yeah. yeah it's uh, it's <laughs> Jeroen. And we talked about this before the episode too. And then once I got started, <laughs> I just said whatever came out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Jeroen, okay. Jeroen Courthout. Yeah. Excellent. Let's pretend I didn't uh, mispronounce it at all at the beginning there. And uh, today's topic, CRMs, why they go unused, and uh, I, I suppose how to get people to use them, and then how, why it matters to marketing is kind, of a, is kind of a big part too. Let's jump right into the first part here. You guys are a CRM company. Um, maybe mm-hmm. give us a little input on, on, on this topic and how, how you came to be where you're at. Yeah, so um, it basically started from our own frustrations. I was working in a marketing consultancy firm um, previous to Salesflare, uh, and we were using Salesforce. And um, for me, as a, I was an account manager there, it was my very first CRM. I took it very seriously. I really tried to use it. Um, people told me that it would help me organize my sales, so uh, I really tried to use it for that but I really didn't manage to do that. And actually I saw that none of my colleagues uh, were really using it for that purpose. Uh, It was mainly our CEO loving it for doing reporting. Uh, But we as salespeople, we didn't get much further than than entering our sales opportunities in there. It was actually that and putting contacts in there to get them on the newsletter. And even at some point, one of my colleague account managers said, no, don't put your sales opportunities in there too early. They will expect them to come Wait a bit, wait a bit. Right. I started, started so doing why, that as well. <laughs> why didn't you why didn't you adopt it? Why didn't like you wanted to use it and you still ended up not not using it? Yeah, it first of all, it was very uh, separate from my own flow. So uh, at that point I had Outlook and I was used to using Wonderlist for tasks. Um, but then I figured like, okay, I'm going to use Salesforce. So I went into, uh, Salesforce. It was still the older version. Now there's a lightning version or something. Um, and you have things like uh, contacts and accounts and opportunities there and all. Um, and then I, uh, I started filling that up with the, with the companies and contacts that I was going after. Uh, making opportunities were relevant, but then I also tried to sort of use it as a system in which I would keep track of things. Um, I started putting tasks in there, which was extremely uh, laborious, first of all. It was, uh, I mean, compared to Wunderlist, where I had these nice tasks uh, that even if I would complete them, they would nicely scratch off, which felt really nice and all. In uh, Salesforce, it was these forms that I was filling out basically with a save button at the bottom. Um, and then when I would fill it out, it would, it would make me um, make another one. And then even to remind me, uh, I had to log into the system. I think it would also send me an email or something, but that seemed so past century. Like I was used right. to 
Wunderlist telling me at the exact right times is a notification on my phone when to do something and then me saying, well, I did that uh, and then entered the, the next thing. So it sounds like a but, big part of it was you, part of what the CRM did, you mm -hmm. were already comfortable using something else that handled that. So it was really difficult for you to transition over. And not, the new thing also wasn't as good as the CR, what was in the CRM. Like it took up more of your time and energy. But even if it was the same, it might have been hard to transition over since you were already used to doing that task in a different program. Yeah, it was not so much about it being different. It was about it being way worse. Uh, and I really didn't understand why, because it wasn't too hard to build something like, like, like Wunderlist, for instance, I thought. Why did they have to make it so complex in Salesforce? I understand now. It's because they try to make everything generic uh, and every uh, thing needs to be adaptable. So you can't make it specific. You can't make a specific view for tasks or a specific view for anything. Right. Uh, but at that point, I was really puzzled by it. And also why it was so back in behind on, on, on many other things, like, like a simple thing like notifications. That's actually still a thing in most CRMs, which I don't understand. Um, but anyway. Imagine now you guys are a CRM company. So obviously your tasks and notifications are not difficult and behind the times like that. No, I, at least, well, I see a lot of room for improvement, but uh, definitely not uh, behind like other ones. Um, so one of the things to get to, one of the big topics here is why do people not use the CRM? You have a specific reason why you didn't fully implement the CRM or, or use the CRM there. You actually kind of mentioned two of them. Um, you had mentioned the, the difficulty of some of the modules within the CRM. So you were using mm -hmm. something that was just better for certain things. It's really hard to get you to go over something that takes a lot more time, doesn't work as well. Um, you'd also mentioned that the purpose in the company seemed to be the CEO wanting reporting kind of. Yeah. So it wasn't implemented to make your job easier, to make you more successful. It was implemented basically to, to um, keep an eye on you, to hold you accountable. And then you have people telling you don't, uh, don't enter your, your um, opportunities in because then they'll expect you to close them. Your close mm -hmm. ratio is going to look bad if you enter them in wait until you know you're going to close it kind of it's like a crm sandbagging going on yeah yeah it's basically like uh if you put stuff in the crm then they're going to see it and you don't want that and right. and 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 that's that's all only symptoms of something bigger um and and the bigger thing is actually that uh, a crm system requires you to put in, put in a whole lot of time energy discipline um, people will look at these things. So it's basically, uh, the only thing you're getting back is that you're policed, uh, and there's no, at least I didn't feel at that point, uh, a help in actually doing your job in there. It's not like this, the Salesforce I was using that it would help me and my colleagues to actually do or do sales. It was basically just as a reporting tool. Uh, and I didn't really, I didn't really get, especially the last part, uh, the first part of it being a lot of work um, and just not, not uh, in like, like you need to do a whole lot of manual data input. Uh, that was quite horrible in Salesforce. It's, it's a bit better now. 
but it's still very much this sort of manual data input systems, which require you to have an enormous amount of discipline of keeping a very neat system. Because if you don't do it, then the CRM system will inevitably fail. Uh, a CRM system that is not filled up is useless. And but you're using it for reporting and half the information you need for the reports isn't there. Uh, you only need maybe 10% to be not there and all of a sudden off by 10% and report is huge. Yeah, well, on reporting side, but if you're thinking about it as well uh, in terms of the... Uh, what I think should be the, the initial goal of a CRM system. And it's, it's actually the, when I do customer interviews and I ask how a salespeople, uh, or a sales flare <laughs> helping salespeople uh, to do sales, it's, it's to help in the follow-up. Uh, and I believe that is the, is the goal of what a CRM system should be in its, in its very basis. Uh, because if it doesn't help you make sales, then uh, salespeople will not use it. Right. And reporting in the end, then there will be no data in it because salespeople don't use it. The reporting will be off. Uh, marketing people cannot do anything with the data either. Like everything falls apart. The whole system is useless. So the first thing you need to solve is that it helps sales follow up. Basically, salespeople have to want to use it. It sounds like maybe yeah. the title of this episode should be, is your CRM a problem or a solution? Because some people put it in, they think it's a solution. Exactly. But it's not for the salespeople, so it becomes a problem for everybody. You get yeah. false reporting. Now, back to marketing. If salespeople aren't putting the information in properly, marketing can't get the feedback it needs on the leads. Then you get mm -hmm. some marketing fighting probably over stuff. And marketing doesn't know how to make adjustments on their lead generation, what leads are working and which ones aren't. Um, you know, you just, without that transparency into, you know, you, marketing wants the reporting and they're probably held mm -hmm. accountable to, for their marketing. Now that you have the CRM and you're doing lead attribution, if things are, if the flow through isn't properly happening, the lead attribution doesn't look right. And the marketing guy typically loses their job before sales because they're not closing anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to know uh, where the issue is, whether it's uh, the wrong leads or there's just not enough effort on leads. It's very hard to also have this sort of uh, communication between the sales and the marketing department flowing uh, properly. Um, sales very quickly becomes a, a big black box uh, if there's no proper uh, uh, CRM usage uh, going on. I would say um, unless marketing has access to the CRM as well, in which case you get sales gaming the CRM and you get marketing <laughs> probably gaming the CRM too, trying to make it, trying to make their, it look like they're doing well at marketing. And uh, those things are at odds with each other frequently. Um, so you, you get this giant mess, almost like uh, the CRM is the perfect space for um company politics kind of within sales and marketing everybody's gaming around with this uh with this software mm -hmm. yeah that also happens yeah if it's uh if it's not used for for another purpose than than politics and reporting then it's it, it very easily ends up that way if there's an actual interest for everyone uh, to keep the data correct and clean and and and, and all that uh then that changes so it seems like what we're talking about a lot here is something that a lot of sales managers get into. And maybe marketing people don't deal with it at this level quite so much because the 
sales has the commission, the incentives in there. And then you get this real pain in the ass thing that comes into play of human nature. Mm -hmm. And human nature, like most systems get ruined by human nature because people want, you know, the marketing person, the salesperson is going to want to adjust things, going to want to not report their opportunities until they know they close. So they have a higher opportunity close rate and they look good. The salesperson is going to want to go in and, and make sure that leads that close have an attribution from their campaign. So it looks like the work they're doing is, so if there's five different touches on a campaign or on a close and one of them was a marketing campaign, they're going to, if they can, they'll go in and tweak it. So that one gets the, uh, gets the credit. Um, mm. Everybody's trying to game the system instead of trying to use it basically. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're, if you're um, judged on certain numbers, then you'll try to, to inflate those numbers as much as possible. Um, so but that always nature, happens. You have these unintended consequences whenever you put incentives in front of people. You start measuring mm -hmm. marketing now too, and you're looking at attribution and you're checking to see that marketing mm -hmm. is, you know, what, how much of the sales are attributable to marketing's uh, processes. How do you get a CRM to work with human nature? How do you properly incentivize so it isn't just this giant office politics machine between sales and marketing? Yeah, so, so a, a few of the very early thoughts and, and that we still believe in um, was one, it needs to work where you work. So it can't be that it's a system that you have to log in separately. Uh, our very first version of Salesflare did not have a, a sort of full screen version, uh, which seemed weird to a lot of people. So the first version was just, you had Gmail or you had Outlook and in there in the sidebar, you had Salesflare and it reacted to the email uh, you open. So you open an, an email with a certain uh, company and contacts in there, it sort of loads that company next to it and gives you with one click the, the possibility to add that company as an account to Salesflare. And then after that, you can also with one click add the contacts, like this contact, this contact, this contact, and not that contact. Um, that was what the very first version already did. Um, and then it would so pull in emails. You started out, you started out as an integration kind of. Rather than making a yeah. CRM, you made you made a tool that kind of integrates with the most common email platform since that's where the salespeople are most of the time. Yeah. And it would also connect to the emails itself. So it's, it's embedded in the mailbox, uh, but in the backend also connects to the email inbox to pull, pull in all the emails, uh, to pull in uh, names, names and email addresses of people to identify who are in contact with to calculate connection uh, strengths, uh, like how, how much you're in touch with these people, to pull in email signatures, um, to organize email tracking. Um, so we started building a whole, initially mostly on top of email, a uh, whole system, um, which was fully embedded in email. Later on, we started adding uh, things like uh, uh, integrated calendar and phone and company databases, social media information, and all those kind of things. Uh, but very early on, it was all, all email centric um, with the belief that it had to be um, integrated where you are, just a few clicks, and then the rest would go automatically because we believe if it's not that easy, uh, then people won't use it. If it's like a, a few hurdles away, sort of, then nobody's gonna take those unless 
your sales manager says you need to do this and otherwise you don't get commission or uh, whatever you know right so salesforce is such a big company i don't i would hate to say anything bad about them but it seems like the early versions of salesforce maybe should have been called like sales meeting force because they were convenient maybe for the managers and convenient for reporting and quarterly stuff but for the sales people it was kind of a pain in the butt and that's probably why a lot of people salespeople just didn't really work in it didn't want to to do the job and i guess i mean plenty of crms that weren't um that weren't cloud-based before that that salespeople hated using and didn't want to input the data into and all that kind of stuff as well um but it seems like the the big thing is can you get the salespeople to actually use it and input the data yeah and i think salesforce definitely uh made some changes there i mean if you remember then the very the on-premise systems that uh, would never get updated and they would just sit there and everybody would hate it. Then Salesforce says, well, we'll take this to the cloud. We'll move much faster. Uh, this system will, will initially, they also, by the way, Salesforce focused very much on small companies. So it was much more of a, a practical tool uh, in the sense that it was not uh, bloated. And it wouldn't uh, be this sort of generic uh, system yet that was fully customizable and all. It, it grew that direction. Once um, they owned most of the market, they were like, now we have to, uh, they, they, they slowly had to work for everybody. Um, I guess, so natural question for you, your platform, you guys are a CRM, you compete mm -hmm. with Salesforce. Do you have a niche type of company you guys work with or does your platform kind of made for any industry any size company uh first of all we only focus on small businesses small and medium-sized businesses uh this is because we noticed that in larger businesses uh, it's very much about having a generic platform with which consultants can build whatever the company expects it's more in the small and medium-sized businesses that people are looking for something practical that would actually help with, uh, with sales and where the end user is more important. Um, and then we focus on B2B in there as well, B2B businesses. So businesses that sell to other businesses because that just makes that we can make certain decisions that make it much easier uh, to use the system. While if we would allow... Um, sort of, uh, for instance, opportunities on the contact level as well and timelines there and all that. Uh, our product would have so, so much more levels and different ways of using it uh, that we can't have these clear um, yeah, UX flows between. Uh, right. So to keep it very simple for the users, yeah. um, the SMB B2B market kind of. Yeah. And then in there, we mostly have actually uh, agencies, marketing agencies, software development agencies, sales agencies, uh, and on a, the other hand, a lot of startups, fast-growing companies, often software companies or uh, whatever other um, type of company that, that has a lot of sales going on, actually. So we're talking a lot about sales using this, but how much should marketing be, and I guess let's specifically in this let's focus on this smb b2b area that that your platform's designed for you guys have expertise in how much should the marketing department be in the crm be using the crm is this something that they're getting reports from or are they kind of a, an active participant in the crm as well i think it's very very important that uh marketing 
helps sort of build up a, a data model, let's say, that they can use uh, in their marketing campaigns, uh, that they make sure that salespeople then have the, the necessary things to fill out, that it doesn't become too much and all those kind of things. Um, the, the actual campaigns will probably be uh, happen in another system. Uh, so it's good to have these integrated, but those are, um, let's say smaller issues. Um, they're much less dependent on human beings doing their job. It's much more uh, technology, uh, working out and, uh, that's just uh, much easier. Um, and there's also a lot of tools that make this, uh, that make this easy nowadays. So for instance, uh, when we started off, Zapier was not really big yet. Uh, nowadays, Zapier supports somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 uh, um, apps. That's that you a can... platform that helps programs integrate with each other, right? Yeah. Kind of I, a I, go between for integration. Yeah, it's a bit like if this, then that, if, if people know that. Right, right. That's uh, the consumer version. So this your is CRM more... might not integrate with your email platform, but Zapier will have this tool, basically like a, you have a European plugin for your appliance and you need to plug it in in the US. Zapier is the, the translator in between the converter um, so that you can, you can plug your whatever marketing tool is into your other tool when they well, don't actually you can, integrate. You can see it very much as a, as a platform in which you can build your own integration, but without being a developer at all, it's super easy. So you say, if this happens in this software, uh, then make this happen in that other software and that data should end up here, that right. data should end up here, that data should end up here. And those integrations uh, are so important when your salesperson wants to use this tool and this tool, but if mm -hmm. they don't communicate with each other, it, it makes them not want to use one or the other probably. Um, it, yeah. Things that we did, and full disclosure here, we don't use Salesforce and we also don't use Salesflare over here. We use a, um, an open source CRM because when we first implemented it, we wanted the more ability to make it work the way we wanted it to work. What you're talking about, where we mm -hmm. looked at the CRMs and we said, these are designed too generically for what we want. We want mm -hmm. one that does this and none of them did what we wanted. So we said, well, we can customize this open source one. One of the things that we did that I think helped us a lot is all of our marketing data um, for direct marketing campaigns is already in the CRM. So salespeople, the leads generated, whatever it is, if there's a target company, even if they generate a lead at a, at a trade show, whatever it is, it's most likely that company's already in the system. The contact might already be in the system. If marketing generates a lead, um, the information's already in the system. Uh, because it was all put in there and that's what marketing actually pulls data from the same CRM to do the campaigns. Most people probably can't do that. We're a data company and it's open source. So we don't have any limits on data in the CRM. If, if you mm -hmm. want to put a several hundred thousand marketing records into your Salesforce or into your sales flare, depending on how you bill, you're going to be paying a lot of money to have marketing data sitting there. Um, but no. having some way of having the data already in the system, whether it's auto pushed in through an integration, once a lead's generated, whatever, you just don't want to have your sales team having to manually enter full company's contacts. They just end up not doing it. Yeah. Well, a little correction in, in Salesforce, we don't charge for extra contacts in your system. Oh, we, we, 
by volume. For volume, yeah, it's not like some other companies uh, uh, have limits there. Uh, we actually really promote uh, keeping as much data as possible um, in this CRM already. There's often people that say like, oh, I'm not gonna create an account for that yet because it's not whatever, it's, it's just a lead. Uh, I, would, I would always do it. Uh, so you can start keeping track of things very early on and, and we offer filtering functionality so you can say, okay, this is just a lead and this is an actual customer. Um, the filtering is there. It's a bit like, like uh, back in the day, people would throw emails away and nowadays everything just stays live on, on Gmail. Uh, you just archive it and you can perfectly search through it or filter through it. Um, I believe that's more of the future where everything is sort of kept mm. and that you only keep a, a certain amount. Uh, and if you don't start adding um, marketing data in your CRM for salespeople and vice versa, then you'll, you'll inevitably um, um, stumble upon, let's say, communication issues. Uh, because from the one to the other department, it will not be clear that actually this, this lead for instance already exists. Right. Um, or, I mean, we have multiple fields in ours. We've added a lot of, of status fields. We have the contact status field that sales uses and then marketing has their own contact status field because we want marketing to be able to mark a contact as removed. If somebody opts out from a newsletter, without sales losing that contact, but still working in the same system and vice versa. We want sales to be able to flag the contact as don't newsletter because they're working with them and maybe they don't want marketing touching a certain contact in a certain way. So yeah, it's critical that sales can kind of set statuses that, that prevent marketing from stepping on their toes from, you know, sending a discount yeah. offer to a deal they're about to close and undermining the, uh, or sending anything to a deal they're about to close just because of the, you know, the guys, people are getting ready to sign the deal and then they're getting more information from marketing that they're looking at and it causes confusion. Um, exactly. Certain points in the sales cycle where all marketing is shut off. So we say, okay, as long as they're in this stage, they're shut off. So having sales and marketing using the same CRM data and having their own information and the proper crossover uh, keeps communication keeps the communication inside the CRM, I guess you'd say. Um, so yeah. Sales and marketing aren't talking to each other. They're both talking to the same CRM and getting cues from each other. Yeah. That, which makes much more sense than uh, a marketer calling a salesperson say, Hey, can I send an email to this person? For instance, I mean, that would make no sense. And even beyond um, people having to indicate that somebody uh, shouldn't be touched, probably marketing should be able to filter, let's say like, show me all the contacts now uh, that we're going to send a campaign, but exclude the ones uh, that are in this and this and this stage. Yeah. Certain uh, statuses, a proposal doesn't stage, make sense. Uh, um, yeah. Are just left off of certain things automatically. Yeah. If you don't have the data all back to, if the data is not in the CRM, if the salesperson isn't putting in the opportunity because they're worried it'll be held against them or they're going to get beat up in the sales meeting for how come this opportunity isn't closing, then marketing is going to be sending them stuff they shouldn't because the information is not in the CRM. So I guess it's important that sales understands the full scope of the CRM too, because there's a lot of benefits to using it, but maybe sales doesn't know, hey, if you don't put this update, this thing properly, um, then marketing is going to be messing up your deals. 
because they don't yeah. know you're working on a deal because you're hiding the deal. You're sandbagging it or you're keeping it away from your manager so you don't get the pressure for why haven't you closed. Um, so sales knowing kind of the full scope of the, of the benefit, not just that it helps them with their sales, makes it more convenient, not, not more work, but also that them knowing that marketing can't properly assist them if the information's not in the system. So yeah. I guess sales have to know it's not just a reporting mechanism to beat them up and hold them ultimately accountable, that there's all these no, no. other benefits. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a way of communicating. And if you don't communicate correctly, then it will be very unprofessional to your potential customer or your customer. Uh, they will be disappointed. Uh, it will also, I mean, essentially, you, you want to um, give off the impression, at least, that you're working together as a team internally. Uh, that you respect uh, your customer and you know uh, the necessary things about them. Uh, uh, and, and, and many of these things that if you don't put them in the system will, will seem very basic uh, to the customer. Like, why don't you know this? And why don't you, you know? Um, and that's all dependent on, on using the CRM in the right way. Right. And that's something that marketing can really help with getting all that extra data put in there, getting job descriptions, getting whatever, you know, the person's birthday, whatever information you know about them to put in there to help sales. And then on the other side, properly used a CRM for the salesperson allows them to not have to rely on their memory constantly, which mm -hmm. always has a maximum. So there's only so many deals your memory can close. There's only so many clients you can remember everything you need about them. But with the CRM, you have, you've got this crutch where you can remember you know, a near infinite amount of, uh, of clients information. As long as you put the note in there, then, yeah. uh, then you can remember it when you're looking at it and reading it while the phone's ringing or whatever, whatever it is you're doing. You can, you can basically make every customer uh, feel like they're the only one you're dealing with and right. that they're not a number, but they're really like, like a friend. The CRM uh, assistant whispering in the salesperson's ear, here's the person's <laughs> name and here's, here's their this and here's their that and they have a dog and whatever information you need. Yeah, know. whatever you last discussed and when you to had the last meeting. think you remember who they are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's a matter of, of uh, building personal relationships at scale uh, because as a salesperson in most companies at least, uh, you will have some scale uh, when it comes to your sales pipeline. It will not be Hopefully. five companies. I mean, most yeah. salespeople want to scale as much as possible because you don't, you know, your commission is reliant on how many deals you're closing. And that usually has something to do with how many clients you can manage. Yeah. So the best salespeople, they have some sort of system. If it's not a CRM system, they have this, uh, this really organized notebook. But I, I honestly, I've, I've read about these people in books with the ones with the organized notebooks, but I've never seen them. Um, an organized note I don't know that sounds like somebody has a memory and they I've got tons of notebooks I write stuff in and guess what I never open up to those pages again yeah same experience yeah. <laughs> all right I uh, want to take a quick break here um, a lot more to cover when we get back uh, I'm going to try to get your name right before the break here so we've been uh, talking with uh, Jeroen Kortout how was that one that's correct all right perfect <laughs> Um, about, uh, I don't know, CRM misuse, why CRMs go unused and uh, why it matters to, to marketing. And we'll be right back. 
Hi, my name is Matthew Berman and I'm the president of Emerald Digital. We are a full service marketing agency and we understand you need a jack of all trades, a one-stop solution so you can focus on being the expert of your company and you can trust us to grow your company for you. Having too few internal marketers and never enough time to go around means that your digital marketing needs are always on the back burner. As a complete digital marketing agency and public relations solution, we will make a measurable impact on your brand and overall ROI. With one click or call, you have access to an entire team of marketing experts all here for you. Visit us at www.emerald.digital and let's grow your business together. Welcome back to the If You Market Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassie. We have Jeroen Courthout here with us. He is the co-founder of Salesflare and uh, a CRM company out of, let me get this right, Belgium? Yeah, Antwerp in Belgium. Excellent. And uh, so we're talking about CRMs, why they go unused, how to make sure people get them used, why it matters to marketing. Second half here, uh, Jeroen, I want to focus a lot on do's and don'ts. So we've done a lot of hypothetical talking kind of and the philosophy mm-hmm. of it and all that. But what about, so you need to make sure your salespeople are using the CRM so the marketers have the idea, how? What should we specifically be doing and not doing uh, within that CRM? Yeah. Um, I think it all starts by um, looking for a system that works for your salespeople, first of all. So what I really appreciate uh, in prospects uh, is when they involve their sales team actually in the decision and they don't make it themselves. Uh, it comes in, in different forms. Uh, often a sales manager tells uh, one of their people to look for something um, or a sales manager goes look around, try some systems, invites uh, his team, uh, checks it out together. Uh, I'd really use it for what it's uh, meant to be used. So to start tracking some customer conversations. Um, I see a lot of companies there as well that don't do that. uh, And they, they don't really know what they buy, which is, which is. So you said something I hadn't thought of before. You're not having the sales manager or the marketing person go out and find the CRM. You want buy-in from the salespeople the boots on the ground salespeople because they're the ones you really need using it. So if you voiced it on them and it's not really designed for them, good luck getting them to use it. Yeah. Well, I I didn't say that the sales manager cannot go look, but Hmm. the, the uh, decision in the end, if the salespeople are against it, then it's probably a bad idea. Uh, Of course it's, it's the sales manager's job also framing uh, the decision and what's important, but then salespeople need to be on board. If they're not on board at the beginning, then you, I mean, it's, it's not worth it. You're the, a CRM. Uh, even if it's used very well at the start, uh, at some point there will always be a drop off, uh, because some people just, yeah, they, they, they don't like it or whatever. And in the beginning they were very motivated, but then they're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear so, salespeople referred to as dogs. Oh, the sales dog, this. So, and it seems almost like salespeople are cats more than dogs. If you try to force them to do something they don't want to do, you're yeah. not going to get the outcome you want. I never heard that one, but that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're sales cats. Like you cannot herd them. You need to figure out what they want to do and go in that direction. Yeah, you cannot tell them, come here, sit. No, it doesn't work that way. It's more like, <laughs> yes, yes, come here. <laughs> you have to coax them, make it their idea. What do you want to do? I'll go with you. Um, okay, excellent. So work with the salespeople themselves from the get-go. Have them have buy-in because they're part of the process of what CRM to get. Um, yeah. So it will probably be something that uh, makes their job easier. Uh, so it helps them follow up their sales. Uh, it tracks the data automatically. It works where they work. It's easy to use. They understand it. All of them understand it, the whole team. Uh, very important. Uh, so it, it helps them do their job. If it doesn't do that, then I think if you didn't lose them at the start, you'll lose them after a, a month or two. <laughs> and they'll, they'll start feeling like, okay, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll go back to selling. And then, then you'll, you'll, you'll start getting the conversation like, um, you need to use the CRM. And then they'll be like, what would you like me to do most? Selling or like working on that CRM? And then, yeah. Uh, do you want me to enter the lead or close it? If you hear that, you're screwed. Yeah, that's not a situation you want to be in. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like if a salesperson says that, they've all talked to each other about that. And now, like, it's, our, it's undermined. It's fully, it's fully over. You've got to go to them now and say, what do you want? Please tell me what you want and we'll make it happen. Because if you yeah. resist it, if you fight back once one salesperson says, what do you want me to do? Enter that lead or close it? Because I can't do both. Yeah. Don't push back against that. Again, you're fighting cats here. Exactly. And, and, and you need to also make sure that, so, so I was just talking about the whole start. Um, then obviously training is important. Um, if you don't give some proper training, uh, it won't work. It's not just necessarily how the CRM works. Like for most CRMs, you will find tutorial videos and all that on the internet to send that to your salespeople, but it's only a small part of uh, training because most of it is actually around how are you going to use it as a company. So agreeing on how you are going to uh, communicate through the CRM with each other, uh, which data you're going to keep, what that data means, um, when you're going to put in a lead, when you're going to move it to the next stage, just all of these things um, are very important. And for instance, internally at, at Salesforce, we have like this playbooks, like for instance, we go to a conference, how do we deal with the CRM? We're a CRM company ourselves, but we also, it's not, it's not because we know exactly, and we use our own CRM obviously, and we know very well how it works. Right. But then we maybe, still need maybe to- Maybe too well though, because you don't know where other people are confused when you're so familiar with it. Oh yeah, we, we do know where other people are confused. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you have um, uh, a lot of customers on a software platform, uh, the, the confusion will, will come out pretty quickly. You'll, you'll know, as long as you have an inbox, uh, you'll, you'll be hearing about where the confusion is. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, train and reinforce. I remember something we did uh, in our sales meetings when we first implemented a a, a CRM was we would bring up regularly in the sales meetings, things that a lot of sales reps weren't getting right in the CRM. 
okay, we're seeing a lot of this and kind of not do necessarily a training on it, but maybe a, a mini training where it's, oh, here's what, you know, entering people are entering this and they're not, it should be entered that way um, to constantly reinforce the, the system and how things are supposed to, oh, you guys are using this status true. You're supposed to use this status. Um, so not calling out an individual rep, but seeing something that a lot of people were doing wrong and kind of a quick retraining in 30 seconds on it during sales meetings. Yeah. Now, actually, not, now that you're saying this, uh, training was maybe the wrong word. Uh, it's more like collectively agreeing on things. Mm. Um, and then maybe um, something we do internally also often is, is revisiting these things. Like in sales meetings, you could you could take a moment to see uh, what things are going well uh, with in general with 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 sales practices and processes, uh, and involve the CRM there as well, and then see like okay, so this went wrong. Why did it go wrong? Uh, why was this data not there, for instance, or why did we touch that customer it shouldn't be touched or whatever? And then and then uh, step by step try to fix that because that's that's actually the only way in which you're gonna uh, somehow near uh, a, a proper use of the CRM uh, to support your sales in the right way. All right, we're getting close to the end here. We only have time for a couple more things. Um, can, you, can you give out a, a couple quick hitter kind of tips on what to do and not do to get the salespeople to use it? And then, um, for, for marketing as well, like how can this flow back to marketing? Is there stuff marketing should or shouldn't be doing with the CRM and with the sales team? Yeah. Um, first of all, um, keep it focused on uh, the use for salespeople and don't start um, overusing it as a, um, as a surveillance tool because they will quickly find out and, and uh, revolt. Uh, if there's not enough in, in there for them, uh, then it, you, you won't get your surveillance data anymore. Right. So if you um, use it as a stick instead of a carrot, you're screwed. Yeah. I, I mean, it needs to be a tool for them and, and, and you'll, you'll look at the performance and you'll basically help them to do better. If you look at it from that perspective, it might work if you start doing like saying like, why didn't you do that? And why didn't you do that? I saw it. You didn't do that. Then, uh, then at some point they will say, okay, I'm not giving you your data anymore. Every time I do say enter something in the CRM, I get yelled at. I just won't enter stuff anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's simple, but uh, anything extra marketing can do to help sales with the CRM that we haven't covered yet. on, On the marketing side, um, um, sort of a luxury that, that, that we have as marketers is that we are sitting on a lot of data uh, and that it's much easier to um, collect this data, track it, than it is on the sales side. Uh, so as much as possible, uh, try to um, also bring that data to the salespeople. Try to integrate whatever you have in the different platforms you're using into the CRM are we talking this, about hard data like the physical address and uh, and the birthday type of stuff, or soft data like this company visited the website and it's a client of yours, or both? Both. I mean, 
on on the on the initially collecting like if you get a lead list or whatever or there's a form on the site or so you will get some of that uh address data and positions and i don't know what i uh, guess back to your previous comment maybe ask sales too so if marketing goes to sales and says hey we want to add more useful information we can add these things what would you like and sales yeah. might say please don't put i don't we don't need to see all this stuff it's going to get in the way because ultimately if you're going to add it then you're going to need to add a field and if the crm turns into this massive chunk of information that just is overwhelming for them makes it hard to see what they want to see maybe they don't like it so maybe go yeah. to sales say here's what we can push in what would you like to see that's a good point as well where you where you always have a conversation going on about uh, what makes sense to put in there and what doesn't uh, in general i would say that more is better for most companies but then maybe some companies might really have a lot of stuff uh, i know some customers of ours have really created an enormous amount of custom fields and then i wonder like aren't they sort of overdoing it there um, of course right. if they still like it that's fine uh, but i can i can see it becoming a um, yeah, a bit overwhelming. As long as then, they as sales, if they as the managers and they as marketing, but mm -hmm. the salespeople don't like all those fields, it's more fields for them to have to update, to look yeah. at all that stuff, then it's a problem and not a solution. Yeah, then, then everything starts becoming, uh, it starts taking longer. And then if you don't make it required fields, it's still okay. Uh, if, if marketing is filling it anyway and salespeople know that, that's fine. Right. If it's uh, just there on the side, not a big deal. Yeah. And then, and then salespeople can use these kind of things. So, so it, it was that type of data, um, like, like, let's say customer data. Uh, but then there is also the, the customer info, but then there's also the timelines uh, where it's very useful on the sales side to also know whether a certain customer is engaging uh, with uh, a certain page on the website. Uh, we, for instance, offer... Um, website tracking so you can see uh, which customer at what time uh, checked out which pages for how long that gives you a very good idea of interest but that only works out if for instance uh, uh, I, we have this kind of link tracking which you can for instance use in MailChimp mm -hmm. if, if marketing doesn't do that then then you won't get this information right and Plus, sales probably needs to get a notice when that's there because that might be a contact they have kind of hibernating because they were inactive for yeah. so long and suddenly they see oh there was a newsletter with a link and they went through to this page on the site and if they don't get a notice until six months later when they look at that account again oh wow six months ago these these guys came to the site maybe it would yeah. be great if i'd known then and i could follow up with them um so yeah, yeah. getting those notices as well that uh, something happened there yeah yeah we send out notifications then but that's definitely uh definitely something that needs to happen so at that moment you can once see that they're, they're interested, they're for instance, checking out the pricing page again. Uh, and then maybe if you have multiple products, they looked at a certain product, that's a gold mine as, as, a, as a salesperson, because then you know, oh, right. they show interest in this, this product and they're actually thinking about it. And then you can, at that moment, reach out and strike when the iron is hot, because in terms of timing there, uh, that's, that is extremely important in sales. And then, uh, another point that I want to come to uh, is similar is some of the other touches that marketing or maybe support uh, has with uh, with a customer 
are also extremely valuable to know about as a salesperson uh, because then you can you are sort of there in the middle well at least uh, as a salesperson that sort of should be a role uh, to to manage the the customer relationship uh, and you can see when other people in your company uh, um, had touches with the, with 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 the customer which then makes that you can orchestrate things in a, in a much better way right and that comes back to them being able to also not only see it but say let me turn off the newsletter for this person because i know they are annoyed by it because they told me on a call or something like that mm, yeah awesome awesome a lot of great stuff here great show uh Joran. thank you for coming on listeners you can find the show notes for this uh on ifumarket.com please share us on social media give us a good review on itunes if you haven't already and uh, on behalf of the Iffy Market team and Joran Korthout of Salesflare, thank you for listening to the Iffy Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with a good CRM, they will come. And now that I've done this all out of order, we have to jump back to um, mentioning Salesflare, salesflare.com. You guys also have uh, a blog. Again, this will be in the show notes, but blog.salesflare.com um, mm-hmm. with some very specific information there we'll have i think two different blog links for you and Jeroen, anything anything else that you want to put out there for people to go to no that sounds, sounds correct that if you want to connect with me after the after you, if you've listened to this you can reach out on linkedin but please add a note so i can distinguish you from regular spammers or and um hey i thought we had some similarities so we should connect uh people. yeah yeah don't so, do yeah. that Say I heard you on the podcast to give us a little credit and uh, and ask him to connect and you'll get uh, you know if if you're just looking for your first LinkedIn friend from uh, from Belgium, reach out to Jorn and uh, you know, yeah. and and let him know. And the great thing about LinkedIn is you can't mispronounce a name on LinkedIn. You just type it in. Yeah, actually, there's now a new feature on LinkedIn. I don't know whether you saw, but next to my name, for instance, there's a little thing you can press, and you will hear me saying my name. Wow, I'm going to have to use that on the podcast. From now on, I won't say people's <laughs> names. I'll just be like, hey, we're really happy to have, and I'll press the button and it'll read it out <laughs> on the show today. <laughs> and then uh, I don't get it wrong. If LinkedIn gets it wrong, I can blame it on them. Fantastic. Well, let me double back around here again and say thank you for listening to the Market Podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with a good CRM, they will come. If you're not always on the lookout for new data sources for your sales and marketing, you're just not doing your job. I've got great news for you, though. You can go to topdatasearch.com, sign up for a free Top Data Search account, and use promo code IYM500 to get 500 contact download credits. Again, that's topdatasearch.com and promo code IYM500. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.